Good morning, UBC. Uh, for those that may not uh, know us or recognize us, I'm Jim Corbin. And I am Aldin Tafulovic. And um, we welcome you here. For those, if it is your first time here, if you haven't been here for a while, we really would love for you to fill out those connection cards because it gives us a chance to, as a church and from the staff and everything, to come alongside you to know what your prayer needs are and stuff like that. For those that are regular attenders or uh, members here, this is a little bit different. Like Phil said, this is Mission Sunday. And just like a few weeks ago when Pastor Jason's been walking us through this uh, series on Acts, at the end of Acts 14, Paul and Barnabas come back from their first missionary church or missionary trip. And they come to the church at Antioch and they explain to them everything God has done over the course of that first trip. And the church is able to worship and praise God for what he has done. And so today we'd like to be able to do that over what God has done over the last year with UBC missionaries that we support and fellow UBCers who have gone out over this past year. But before we did that, we thought you'd like to get a little bit of our story about how we got here today. So with that, Aldine. Thank you, Jim. Good morning, church. It is good to be with you today. Hey, um, as we said, my name is Aldin Fafulovic. I'm the Assistant Director of Missions and Mercy here. And uh, it's important that we share our stories together so we get to know each other as a family. It is crucial. And here, um, I am standing before you to share mine. Uh, the faith and commitment of a few believers who understood, embraced, and took the Great Commission seriously has given me access to hear the gospel for the first time. And I want you to hear this as a statement of, of truth and, and care and um, seriosity, if that's even a word. I grew up Muslim in Bosnia, where the name of Jesus is not raising a feeling of safety and comfort, but rather feelings of fear and danger. I was a mere child when the Balkan War happened in the 90s. A hundred thousand people were killed during the genocide. It was the mercy of God that kept my family alive. Growing up, I've learned how to be flexible and adjust to various life circumstances. In, the, in my teenage years, I started to wonder about my Muslim faith. Though still young, my life was already so full of difficult decisions, severe trauma, a survival mode lifestyle, adjusting to different cultures and languages, and the commitment to earn my way to heaven, out of fear, as a Muslim would. Though I tried my best to be as good of a Muslim as possible, there was never a closeness to God, nor assurance that I would end up in heaven with him. God felt very distant and disconnected from me, so I started to doubt and wondered what other religions teach about these three questions I had in my heart. One, does love have anything to do with God, or is it just a feeling, this chemical reaction in our bodies that we now strive for? Two, can I actually be in heaven with God at all? Islam taught me that all I know about um, Allah is that only he knows if I will end up in heaven. So there was no assurance of salvation whatsoever. And three, if we're made in God's image, why do we continue to sin? Why do we have a heart that longs for sinning more and desires that are not godly? Why can't we just turn it off? Why can't we just have a reset button we press and then we're fine again? So in my wondering, I met this man named Donovan. Uh, Donovan became a very close friend of mine. Little did I know that Donovan was sent by God to bring the gospel to Bosnia, all the way from Michigan. 
and more specifically, to bring the gospel to me. He became a trustworthy friend who earned my respect and has shown me love in action. And so, to my, at a camping trip, we hid from a wooden, we hid from a storm in a wooden gazebo, and at that time, I felt comfortable enough with Donovan to ask him these three key questions that I've had before. To my surprise, Donovan had a New Testament in his back pocket, translated my language, um, like it's a coincidence, or he hasn't planned it before, ahead of time, you know? Um, not that he was hoping or praying for this moment to ever happen in our, in our relationships, in our, in our relationship, he was there. However, instead of answering those questions, he said to me that he'd rather have me read what he believes his holy book is teaching on these topics. And that was the first time I read John 1, and the gospel was explained to me. I was so intrigued by these answers that I ended up studying the Bible with Donovan and his crew for about a year and a half. And then I attended a Christian youth camp. On the last night of the youth camp, they had an extended prayer time in which they huddled up together in circles. And I, as a Muslim at that time, did not want to have anything to do with this because already I'm thinking I'm sinning and losing points by being there. And so I isolated myself, and sitting in a chair, I decided that God wanted me there to be, th to be there for a purpose, that there's a reason that's beyond me. And so I decided to pray to God for the first time ever in my own language, not naming him Allah or Jesus or Buddha or anything else that I've discovered by that time, but just calling him God. And I said, God, if you exist, will you show yourself to me? And truly he did. I heard his clear voice saying that he is Jesus, that if I give my whole life to him and obey him, I can be saved and be with him in heaven. And so, full of questions, um, I left that, that experience as a very confused man, and so full of questions, I talked to Donovan about, Donovan about what happened. Soon after that, I counted my cost of becoming a Jesus follower, just because my family was still Muslim, my community was Muslim, and there's a risk in my country to become a Jesus, fo Jesus follower. But counting my costs, it became clear. My decision became clear. I believe that Jesus is Lord. That God loves me so much that he gave his only son to die on the cross for all of my sinful disobedience so that I can be saved from eternal separation from God and instead be with him in heaven. It was clear that following Jesus was the right decision for me, that that is what my heart was longing for. So I could not resist God's graceful pursuit of my heart and started following Jesus in 2010. The, the Holy Spirit started to change me as a person and grow me, which my family noticed and did not like, um, which brought great suffering to me as a Christ follower, but there's a redemption story as well that you can ask me about later. I was baptized in 2011 and have been led into full-time ministry since. Now, my brother Donovan, who partnered with the Lord for 11 years of his life to carry the gospel all the way from Michigan to Bosnia, developed colon cancer and passed away in 2013 which was a suffering of its own kind. But the Lord never left our side and is always with us. Having experienced the grace of God in my life, it is a pleasure to continue to make him known everywhere I go. The Lord, ha the Lord had me carry the good news to Bosnians for about four years. I've worked with missionaries throughout Europe and the Balkans, 
Then he took me to Michigan to serve with a church on the EMU campus, making him known, making him known among the local international students. And asking God what's next, my Kirsten, my, my Kirsten, my beloved wife, Kirsten, and I have been led to be here with you, church family. I'm thrilled to discover what the Lord is and will be doing together with us to make him known here, near, and everywhere. That is my story. And my story's not, not like Aldine's, but like some of you, I grew up in a Christian home and accepted Jesus when I was younger. And like some of you, what I thought my role as a Christian was to bring people to church because the pastor was the one who would talk about the Bible, who would present the gospel. You had the altar calls, the prayers, people would raise their hand. And I really thought what I was doing was um, hammer nails, people needed things done, I was ready to go and work on that. So give me hammer nails, anybody needed help, I would go. And I really thought that that's what the call of the Christian was, was to do that. In 1985 is when Sandy and I came to Dayton, Ohio. We, we grew up in Pittsburgh, but uh, as part of the Air Force re relocation program, we ended up here in Dayton. We've been there ever since. And in 2007, we were at a local church, and they were doing a missions trip to uh, Cuba. And it, like I said at the time, I was uh, always looking to help people, and they needed a pack mule is what they called it. Someone would help carry supplies, be behind the camera, filming everything was going on so we could come back. So I signed up to go with them. And four of us went to Cuba. And while we were there, two people were doing a discipleship program, and one person was doing a children's program. But as the cameraman, I was running back and forth, making sure they had the supplies, making sure they needed it. They had everything they would need for the week. And if the pastor needed anything, I'd be running around the small town in Cuba we were at. And on Saturday, we were sitting there. And the pastor that went with us said, fellas, they've told us that we're going to be, they need to have a preacher tomorrow night. And he looked at the other two. And he goes, I don't know about you, but I've been busy all week. And Jim hasn't. Jim, you're going to preach. I'm not a preacher. And he said, that's all right, just tell them your story. Well, no one had ever asked me what my story was, and that still freaked me out because I had to figure out what would I say. What am I going to tell anybody? So I spent the rest of the afternoon that night writing, practicing. Well, I could tell you it, it must have ended up pretty good. The people in the church only understood Spanish. I only speak English. So whatever the translator told them, it was good. <laughs> but about that same time, my wife had a heart for Africa, and we were trying to get over to Africa on a medical trip. She was a, a nurse. We'd been trying to get with doctors. We'd even reached out to the mercy ships. I was going to go because and medical teams need people that will help. You know, like on a mercy ship, you can be a teacher. You can help fix things. Doctors always need people to be running back and forth to help them. I'm in. 2010, I was at the same church. We're sitting out like you're there, and there's an African pastor on the stage, and he says he needs help building a church in Africa. Building. Give me a hammer, nails, I'm ready to go. My heart starts jumping. I hit Sandy. She goes, I'm not feeling it. I mean, what do you mean you're not feeling it? It's Africa. You want to go to Africa. I'm not feeling it. She said, but if you are, you have to sign up. So I signed up. Joke was on me, two weeks later in the mail, I get this thing called an Evangel Cube, 
which is a tool to share the gospel that are using pictures and some information about how you share the gospel. I looked at Sandy and I said, this isn't me. I don't share the gospel. That's what the pastors are supposed to do. And she said, well, you signed up, you're going. So we spent some time, we practiced, the leader of the trip trained us, and in uh, November 2010, I went to Rwanda to um, share the gospel with uh, a small village. But at the same time, I'm a project manager or program manager, and if any of you know project and program managers, we like lists, details, you tell us, we write it down, we're going to get it done, work through the list. So I had my list to go out there and do it. And every day, God had a different idea how that day was going to go, and my list went out the window. He was moving in that village, but it wasn't because of my list. But it really took me till Friday of that week, because each day I would try to go out there with a list. But Friday of that week, I realized that it was his way, not mine, and I was talking to him. And I heard him in my heart saying, I'm glad you finally figured this out, and this is what I want you to do, is to be sharing my story with others. And since 2010, I've been blessed to have been able to go to eight different countries uh, on over 30 trips to share the gospel um, and to help disciple new believers. So our stories are different, but there is one commonality I've picked up finally. In 2010, there was both of this significant event for us. But our stories are different, but God used people and events to allow us to see his story and how he wanted us as part of it and how to be used as part of that story. And if you remember back about a year and a half ago, for those who have been coming here to UBC, Pastor Jason rolled out the Know Him and Make Him Known vision. And he talked to us about there's four attributes for knowing him as a disciple, and there's four attributes about making him known but when he put all that together, he reminded us in the center of that, though, is worship. So the center of being a disciple is to worship. And we all know he's told us a few times that John Piper has been an influence on Pastor Jason when he was younger. So let's look at um, what um, John, or Dr. Piper, talks about with uh, missions. And he has a quote, and he says, missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. We're here on Mission Sunday. I know Phil is happy. Worship is the, is the goal. If Caleb was still here, wherever Caleb is in Texas, he would be happy. But we're on Mission Sunday. Why are we talking about this? Well, if I think if we look at the rest of the quote, we'll see. And Piper went on to say, missions exist because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not missions, because God is ultimate, not man. And in the Bible, when we read it, we can tell from the beginning of the book all the way through Revelations, worship is what God created us for. You know, in Genesis 1, we read, he created us in his image to be with him, and he wanted us to be fruitful and multiply so that the earth would be filled with people in a relationship with him. In Genesis 8 and 9, Noah comes on the scene, and God has the flood, but as Noah and his sons are leaving the ark, what's he tell them? Be fruitful and multiply. Again, he wants an earth filled of people in a relationship and worshiping with him, worshiping him. In Genesis 12, Abraham comes on and God tells him that all the nations will be blessed through him. 
So again, it's all the nations. And as you read through the whole Testament, he calls Israel, but Israel was not to be just for themselves. They were supposed to be taking God to the nations because the other nations were supposed to see them. And as we go through that, we see all in David and the Psalms come up and Psalms like Psalm 67, all the nations will praise you, right? The prophets, all of them have come along and as we read everything and they're, they're talking to Israel, but even as they're giving Israel what's going to happen to them, and the nations, the prophets talked about the other nations, but all those things, there's always this theme of reconciliation coming back, how God is going to restore and bring back to him, not just Israel, but the nations. And we get to the New Testament, and Jesus is, is with us, right? And as he's walking in his, in his three years, he starts to remind people what the kingdom of God is like. And he's reminding them that it's to have a relationship. And um, in Matthew 26, uh, Matthew 22, verses 36 to 39, we see uh, Jesus is asked by a lawyer at the time. He says, teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus replies to him and he says, and he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So if you think about that, if we're loving the Lord our God with all our mind, our soul, our heart, everything we have is focused on God. We're worshiping him. We're loving him. I don't know about you, but I like sports. And every now and then there's a Sunday or a Saturday and the sport team's playing my focus, everything, we're cheering, we're yelling, we're screaming with them. That's my focus. In some, in some way, I'm, I'm worshiping that team and what they're doing. I want them to win. But God wants that of us all the time, that our mind, our soul is focusing on him. We're worshiping him. And when he says the second is like that is for our neighbors because I want, if I truly know that joy and I, I know what God's doing for me, I want my neighbor to have that same thing. I want him to be worshiping God with his soul and his mind, right? Because he'll feel that same joy that we as fellow believers have when we're following Christ. And so throughout the, the Gospels, we'll see this theme. In John 1, we, um, you read that all who believe uh, and receive and believe will become children of God. In John 3, you read through that and you'll think whoever believes um, will not perish but have eternal life. And so Jesus is reminding them throughout the Gospels what the kingdom of God is like. And, we've, and we get to Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Jesus is getting ready to ascend. He's, he's, been, he's been crucified. He died. He was buried. And he rose again, conquering death. And, and further in the Gospel, it tells us over 500, or in the New Testament, it tells us over 500 people saw him. But as he's getting ready to ascend, his disciples are there. What does he tell them? Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end. So he's got his disciples and possibles. He's telling them to go make disciples. And he's telling them that, you know, that's what he wants them to go do. But don't, don't miss out in verse 20, not only with that great commission to go, he also gives them a great promise. And he's telling them that he will be with them till the end. 
So they were to go, and they're not going to go in their own strength. They're going to be go because he's with them. And Luke gives us a little bit more of this because in Acts 1.8 we read, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria to the end of the earth. Well, if you're like me, when I was younger, you may be sitting there thinking, well, why are we talking about that? That was Jesus talking to his apostles and, his apostles and disciples back then. That was for the church, the early church. It's not necessary for us today. But thankfully, God has a bigger plan, and he works in other ways. And the Holy Spirit used Paul to talk to the church at Corinth, a church that was mostly Gentiles, which would, would be like us, non-Jewish background. And so Paul's talking to that church, and in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 20, he tells them, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, Christ, that is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their transgressions against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. So in these passages, God is talking to the church, and he says, if you're in Christ, and if you're in Christ, it means we're worshiping him. He's our focus. So if we're in him, verse 17 tells us we're a new creation. We're being made new every day. We should have a new mindset with us because we're worshiping God with our mind, our heart, and our soul. And in verse 20, it then tells us, well, then we're, we're to be ambassadors. And so an amb what's an ambassador? Well, ambassador takes the message of the one who sent him. So if you're ambassador of the United States, you're taking the message from the United States. But if we're in Christ, we're an ambassador for Christ. And we're taking his message to the world. And in these verses, it tells us the message we're taking is the message of reconciliation. But for us, that's the, same, that's the gospel. So we're supposed to be taking, as Christ ambassadors, the message of the gospel to the world so that all the nations will worship God. Paul further goes on and he talks to the church of Rome and, he, and he's telling them in Romans 10, 13 to 15, he says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And so in that passage, Paul is tying back to the Old Testament because in Isaiah 52 and Nahum 1, it talks about beautiful feet and good news when you take the gospel. And we're here uh, Aldine and I and the missions team to, to let you know everyone here at Maine, everyone at East, and those that have been made watched online, we all have the opportunity to have beautiful feet. We have, all of us have the opportunity to be used by God to share the gospel. So with the help of the uh, core missions team, we'd like to be able to share with you how God has used beautiful feet of our missionaries 
and the UBCers have gone. So Sharon, Lindsay, John, Isaac, and Sandy are going to help us see how God has used Beautiful Feet over this past year. So UBC is currently supporting 15 missionaries, and nine of them have sent in quick videos um, to tell us how they have seen God working over this past year. So we'll watch that now. Hello, UBC. My name is Dave Hart, and my wife Nikki and I serve on the campus of Central State University with Athletes in Action. As we've pursued the Great Commission this past year, we've seen God work in some powerful ways. First, there have been a number of athletes that we work with who have placed their faith in Jesus and have decided to follow him with their lives. Secondly, God has begun to raise up leaders among the teams at Central State who have a deep desire to become disciples who are making disciples. As always, thanks so much for your partnership in the Great Commission, UBC. Hi, we are Andy and Anna Stro, and we are on staff with Crew in Pittsburgh. We, for the past year and a half, have been raising our support and are currently at 75%. Yeah, and what's been really cool for us to see in this last year is just the Lord's work in the lives of our ministry partners. Um, we've just heard testimony after testimony of people responding to God's call to give to his mission and to help make him known in that way. Thank you, UBC family. Hi, UBC family. My name is Dale Puckett. My wife, Krista, and I are supported missionaries from UBC. We're so grateful to have the opportunity to, uh, to be here in London this week where we've had an opportunity to invest in and care for missionaries who are advancing the gospel here in the United Kingdom. Missions. And so this year alone, Youth Hope has had an opportunity to invest in and disciple 100 indigenous leaders in four different countries. That represents 25 different churches, and ultimately 4,000 young people that are gonna be impacted with the gospel. And so for us, we believe that is the most strategic way to advance the gospel is by equipping leaders who are reaching young people in their context. Hi, UBC family. This is Clint Mahan, pioneering Athletes in Action and Baptist Student Union at Lincoln University in Jefferson City, Missouri. But God's uh, blessing and favor has been abundant as I just got home from a Wednesday night Bible study and also been able to pioneer a Monday afternoon study with about 10 football athletes and also doing a half hour prayer slot on Thursday afternoons. And we also are talking right now about a spring break and a summer mission trip as well. So God's definitely been favorable and uh, thanks so much for your prayers and partnership. My name is Phil Cabildo and we're the Cabildo family. Paula, Rebecca, and Sarah are our two daughters and we work in Mexico with Ambassadors Football. Something that God did this past year is that we work with over 200 kids in the club uh, on a weekly basis, ages four through 18. And last year, uh, out of the kids that graduated from our U18 team, three of them accepted, that accepted Christ are now coaches working with us and now they're impacting the next generation. So it's been fantastic just to see how God is multiplying us through the work that we're doing and through the players that we have who are now coaches.
Good morning, UBC. We are the Natiers, Bryce, and Natasha, and we are serving in Togo, West Africa. As we've obeyed the Great Commission this year, we've seen God at work in bringing patients from difficult to reach areas and unreached people groups to our hospital. As we treat their physical needs, we've seen opportunities to care for their spiritual needs as well, and some have become followers of Jesus. We've also seen an open door to begin training and discipling African doctors who can carry on this mission in the years to come. Hi, my name is Emily and I will be working in Central Africa. This year, I have seen God move in incredible ways as he has been building a team of prayer and financial supporters for me. Hi UBC, my name is Buddy. And I'm Julia. And we are missionaries in Namibia, Africa. And one of the ways we have seen God at work this year has been through the consistency of campus ministry, as well as counseling ministry. Um, we were also able to do an exploratory missions trip earlier this year. Thank you for your support. You make it possible for us to be here and continue this ministry. Thank you. So in addition to those we just heard from, UBC is also supporting Josh and Carrie Ortega serving at Wright State University with H2O, where they are engaging students, many of which are international. Natasha Dobson, who we just sent in August to work in the Dominican Republic, Fabian and Viviana Santillan in Argentina, who are working to reach an unreached people group, M and A, who will be going to the Middle East in 2023 to serve with the team, David and Joy Weaver, who are serving in the Philippines, training indigenous pastors to go further into unreached areas of the Philippines, and Mike and Libby Wild, who are in Papua New Guinea, actively finishing translating the Bible into the Wano language and raising leaders in that people group to help reach other unreached tribes on nearby islands. And so in just a second, you'll see a map of the world that shows where all of our UBC missionaries are located. In addition to the missionaries that we are supporting, we've also had 17 members or regular attendees of UBC go out over the last year. And several of those have sent us videos uh, talking about how uh, they were impacted by that trip. So we'll watch that now. Hey, my name is Janessa and I led a spring break mission trip last semester to Guatemala with a bunch of Cedarville students. And I think the biggest thing that I learned from that was just the fact that sometimes people literally die without ever hearing the name of Jesus. And if they've never heard of Jesus, they can't be saved. So we should have a sense of urgency in getting the good news out to the nations so that we can, people can hear the gospel and be saved and have eternal life with Jesus. Hi UBC family, my name is Braden and I went to Guatemala this summer on a medical missions trip. And I was blessed to see that God is working all over the world, not just in our state or our country, but he is making disciples everywhere. Uh, I was also blessed to learn that um, God doesn't measure success by the numbers, but he, met, he can make a significant impact in even just one person's life. So praise God for that. Thank you. Hi, my name is Sandy Corbin. Back in early May, I developed unexplained knee pain and swelling, which greatly limited my ability to walk. This caused great concern and anxiety as I was committed to go on a mission trip to Uganda in June. I had everyone praying. I knew God would heal me. Why wouldn't he? I was going on a mission trip. Fast forward, I went and he did not heal my knee. God used me though, despite my weakness. I returned and the next day 
I woke up and my knee was completely better. God showed me that his grace is sufficient for me and I can do all things through him who gives me strength. My name is Sharon Carestas and this summer I went to Northern Uganda to the South Sudanese refugee camps. We had a lot of people following along on our trip through WhatsApp so that we could share our stories of how we saw God working and also our prayer needs. And I never realized how important that would be um, to have the prayer support, to have the encouragement and just people's interest in what we were doing, how much I needed that even just um, on a two week trip. And it made me realize how much more our full-time missionaries need that from us consistently. Hi UBC, my name is Jenna Mayu, and this summer I had the opportunity to go on a five week long summer mission trip to Barcelona, Spain. And though this trip impacted my life in numerous ways, one of the greatest was just showing me my complete and utter need for Christ in my insufficiency without him. And yet God chooses to use broken vessels like me and you to further his kingdom and to love those around us. And that is just such a sweet, sweet blessing. Hello UBC family, my name is Jeff Robinson. This is Joshua, the newest addition to our family. My wife Tracy and I serve with Live Global, a division of ABW International. We partner with pastors using medical evangelistic clinics to reach others for Christ and encourage believers. The churches then visit and disciple the new believers. This year, Lord willing, will be my 12th trip. One of the most encouraging things to me is to come alongside a church that is excited about reaching their neighbors for Christ and watch God work in our lives as he uses us then to bring others to himself. Hi, my name is Cole Rigglesworth and this last summer I got the opportunity and privilege to uh, spend my summer in Europe, mostly in Brno in the Czech Republic, um, working with Greater Europe Mission in their 10-2 project. Uh, and I really learned about the impact that um, we can have when we uh, obey the Lord in his direction and go uh, serve the nations with the gospel. Um, just seeing how uh, people that are from a different culture and speak a different language and how uh, we can show the love of Christ and uh, portray the gospel through our actions and our love for them. Hey, UBC family. My name is Corey Thomas, and this summer I had the opportunity to go to Hyene, Peru with Jim Corbin and E3 Partners. Our time in Peru was spent both evangelizing to the local community, but also training local Christians on how to evangelize and foster the church community uh, even after we'd left. This dynamic of both obeying the Great Commission while also encouraging and equipping others to be obedient uh, was truly a great experience. It did a lot to help remind me of the fact that we are all one body in Christ and His desires for the people of all the nations. Being able to help start local house churches and encourage other Christians in their community to be bold witnesses for the gospel was truly a blessing and something that's helped shape my ongoing perspective and habits. Hi, my name is Scott Rigglesworth and I had the privilege of going to the country of Trinidad and Tobago for the 20th time this past summer where I was uh, part of a team that started a, a non-government organization a uh, nonprofit called Network 153. And I was impacted because uh, even as this was the 20th trip, it was a time focused on pairing mercy ministries with missions ministries and realizing the impact that that had in helping to further the gospel message. 
Hi UBC family, my name is Kiel Vino and over the summer I was able to go to Salt Lake City, Utah for my missions trip. Uh, one thing that God really taught me over the summer was just how in and despite our weaknesses, He still allows us to witness Him making His name great. And not only that, but He also allows us to play a part in that process and just what a humbling thing that is. Hi, my name is Lori Genizer, and I got to serve this summer right here on the building project at UBC. Together with hundreds of volunteers from BFC and UBC, we had a front row seat to see how God was using our offering of time and talent to create a beautiful building for thousands to come and hear the gospel and to know what it is to be welcomed into the family of God. In addition, in addition to those we've just heard from, we've also had several other, other UBCers uh, go on missions trips, and those included uh, Lucretia Hudson, who served in Guatemala as a teacher's assistant and making food baskets for families in need, Bryce Coyne, who went to Ecuador to help put in clean water systems in rural areas, Isaac S., who went to North Africa on a cultural exchange trip to exchange to engage with local residents in conversations, Autumn Faust, who went to Cambodia to teach students, and James Lockwood, who went to Southeast Asia to encourage local believers and engage with residents. Thank you, missions team. Uh, church, what a pleasure we have uh, to, to know that there's our people out there serving and bringing the gospel to the world. Hey, Jim and I were not brought up here to uh, serve with you and be on the team for no reason. We um, are here to help us all together to go and be mobilized and equipped to go. And I think something that's on my heart that has been um, a message that the Lord has put on it is that the Lord does not suggest that we go and make disciples of all nations, but I would say uh, the Lord urges us to go and make healthy disciples of all nations. Um, and the word says also, and how are they to believe in him in whom they have never heard? We're here to carry with joy what we've been given to people who have not heard the good news of salvation yet. And so in the upcoming year, we are hoping to partner with you as a church body together to go on missions um, here, um, near, and everywhere as well. So locally, we have trips planned or ways to, for you to get involved. We have uh, nationally in the U.S., things planned for you to get involved with, and also globally. And so as I go through these, take it with a grant of salt just because there's still uh, things to be discovered and discussed and planned and organized, and a lot of it depends on who is going. Uh, a lot of it depends on how many people can we have join and sign up to go. And so as you entered, you've received a flyer. If you have the flyer, please wave it in the air. I want to see how many we have here. All right, wonderful. Uh, for those who don't have a flyer yet, there, there's some flyers out there. Go ahead and grab some or come and talk to us. But on that flyer is a QR code. Please make sure you scan it and fill out your interest form because we would love to reconnect with you in case you have any questions or are interested in the upcoming um, missions opportunities. So we're just going to go through them locally. We are hoping to do prayer walking, more prayer walking around the neighborhoods that, that are in need or are our own neighborhoods. We're hoping to help a local church plant that's planted uh, just to be 
brothers and sisters in Christ to partner with them to um, help them engage in their community as well. And also, we want to be involved more with the refugee ministry in the Dayton area. Nationally, we want to partner with, North, with the North American Mission Board that plants uh, churches around the area within the SBC, within the U.S. and Canada as well. Um, Builders for Christ, who have helped us build our church building next door, um, they're wanting to partner with, with us as well. So we'll have uh, some good opportunities for you to join and use your hands and feet to go and serve. Um, the place and location is not determined yet with BFC, but I did hear a rumor that it's going to be in Ohio. And so it's super convenient for you to not have to go to a different state, but rather stay here and go serve. Um, our student, student ministry um, as well is taking a mission trip this summer. So if you have questions in regards to students taking mission trips, go talk to our student ministry leader, Rob. Um, another one that's new is partnering with Global Gates. Global Gates is a missions organization that mobilizes prayer and missionaries for the most unreached people groups in North America. The upcoming trip that we'll have in 2023 is to go to Grand Rapids and partner with Global Gates to reach um, the unreached people groups there. Um, and here we go, globally. Globally, we have several places to go. And if you're excited about this, please come and talk to us. Some of these are determined already with dates and trips and are being filled up, but many of them are not because we want to know who is going with us, who is going to share the gospel in Togo, that's happening in January, in Uganda, in June, in Bosnia, in June, July, in Mexico, that is still to be determined. We are also going to Namibia, Bolivia, Argentina, and we have several medical mission trips that you can be part of in Greece, the Middle East, and Paraguay as well. And church, as we are um, trying to help us engage to go and be disciples of all nations, well, make disciples of all nations and be disciples ourselves, we don't want to leave you with just... Um, a suggestion or urge to go and do that. Jim and I think that we are a church who is not only listening to the Word of God, but also obeying it, listening and obeying the Word of God. And so we want to give you some practical steps to uh, take home with you. One of them is prayer. I've mentioned it. But let's start with simple things. Engage with your family members, with your neighbors, with your friends, and ask if they have anything to pray for, and go ahead and pray for them. Jim? The second practical takeaway is, as we, as Aldine talked about, it was prayer walking. We can prayer walk our, our neighborhoods where we're living. We can prayer walk around the neighborhood of UBC. We can prayer walk with the local church plants. And, and if you're curious and you're nervous about it, talk to us because we're willing to come alongside you. Us and the core missions team, we will train you and we will go with you. We'll, we'll come with you and do the prayer walking. Yes, another one is the obvious one, share the gospel. Um, there are many ways to share the gospel and many tools to do that uh, with, but I know that it can be very intimidating for some people because the question rises of, what do I do? How do I do it? Will somebody attack me for it? What, what's happening? We're here to, to equip you. We're here to train you and walk along with you, alongside with you, to help you engage with the lost. And so if you have questions... If you have concerns, uh, please come to talk to us, to Jim and I and our, and our great missions team that we have. And we would love to equip you with tools 
Also, look out for some training classes we'll have in 2023 that will help um, give you tools to share the gospel, help you reach the lost in your neighborhood, and give you specific um, mobilizing to do so. And the last one we have is to join us in 2023. You can join us as a goer. So once again, if you're interested in any of the trips, we'd love for you to um, scan and fill it out. If, you can also be a prayer partner. If you've listened on the videos, you heard the needs for prayer partners for people to be praying for the long-term missionaries or those going on trips. And everyone that's either long-term or going on trip always could use a financial partner to help them to go because it costs us to get there. We really want you to be searching inside. As we leave here today and as you're thinking about this, really search inside what would be holding you back from going on a mission, whether it's here local, national, or global, what's holding you back. And in every case, it's going to be a fear of some sort. And we're here to tell you some of those fears are justified, and we'd love to talk to you through them because we've gone through them. But don't forget, some fears that were given to us are not from God. In the same way, we need to talk about those out loud. We truly want you to be with us on mission next year. As Aldine just said, us and the core team, we're here to train you, to help you, and to allow you to see that each of you can have beautiful feet. You each can take the gospel and the good news. Yes, and one of the ways that is super simple for you to start with is um, sharing Shema statements. Shema means uh, listen and obey, and it's derived from Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, where it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit on your in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. When you, sh you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The basic idea of Shema statements is to make these simple statements in your daily conversations with strangers or your family that would lead into um, godly conversations, which will build tr trust with these strangers that you interact with, and then would also lead into gospel sharing. So one of the examples that you can start using this week and practice at home or with your neighbors, uh, just try it and see what happens. Um, you can just say clearly, isn't this a beautiful day that God has made? Or if somebody's asking how you're doing, what do you usually respond to with how you're doing, J Jim? I'm doing well. I'm fine. Okay. I'm good. Good. Me too. Yeah. And we move on, and usually it's a quick conversation, but instead you can, when somebody asks you how are you doing, you can say, I'm doing good because God has blessed me so much today that I'm very thankful to him. Wow. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> or if you're not doing well, you don't always have to be doing well because we don't, right? We, we still live in this broken world. You can say, I'm not doing so well, Jim, uh, but God has been so gracious to me and has had me see the benefit of living in this world in a way that glorifies him. Could you tell me more about that? Yeah, let's go and talk. Um, and that, that's just a simple way of how a simple statement, Shema statement, can be turned into a godly conversation 
that can um, help a person come to Christ at some point. Um, there's some extra ones that I've put up there that you can snap a picture of, but I would urge you <laughs> to go ahead and use one this week to start with and see what happens. So we'd love for you to join us in 2023. As we get ready to close in prayer and to sing our last song, one quick note, um, the Emily that you saw on the video is actually here today, and she um, will be out at the missions table if you'd like to stop by and say hi to her. But um, I'd love to close this in prayer and go to the last song. Father God, we just love you, Lord. Um, we're so thankful for your grace and mercy. Lord, we're so thankful uh, how much you love us back. You love us so much more that we can't even imagine the depth of your love for us. And Father, we're so thankful that you allow us to be used by you, that you allow us to be written into the story of redemption that you have. But Lord, more importantly, we love how you want us to be focused fully on you so that you are the center of everything we have. Lord, that we're worshiping you fully. And Lord, we know we can only do that in your strength. And so, Lord, I'm asking you to empower and encourage and, and just to give us the strength that we will worship you daily in all that we do. And Father, I just ask you to continue to be with the missionaries that we support, Lord. Allow them to worship you fully in the context and where they're at. Give them strength and encouragement, people to come alongside them so they can be used by you and the, their beautiful feet will continue to go before them. Lord, we so boldly thank you and come to you in your son's name. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.